Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Hey, man, guess what we get to do next week? Take a break. Mm, Taking a break, right? We're not right. watching anything, big, doing anything. Big, long, massive breaks. The, the best breaks ever. Most believable <laughs> breaks. <laughs> Oh boy, we've got uh, we've got Andor uh, right around the corner, and uh, a lot of other fun stuff that came out this past week that we need to uh, take a little little time to chat about. Uh, Too much freaking TV. Oh at once. God, there's so <laughs> much. You know, Disney and Star Wars could learn a lot from like the way Star Trek is doing their releases. You're you literally have something for like the past couple of years, but they don't they only butt them up minimally. You know, it's like right. sometimes you have like one episode or two episodes that are on sort of like the same time frame, but like they don't try and put seasons and series on top of each other. I don't know why. I really don't know why because this is the Star Wars side. It's not like Marvel dumped a bunch of those at the same time, did they? I don't think any of those were dumped all at the same no, time. Marvel, I mean, they do their uh, phases, but they still spread them out throughout the year. I mean, it's not like you had She-Hulk and Moon Knight all coming out at the same time and everything. Yeah, I mean, exactly. With Star Wars, they just... I, I don't see how this is the best way to indulge in entertainment. And again, I'm getting really <sighs> spoiled by going back to... like. With Rings of Power and House of Dragon and everything. Like, I want one thing a week. <laughs> I don't want 30 yeah. things to watch all at once. And, I mean, I don't know if they really announce with this new show if it's a full drop or a weekly thing, but it's... And are they going to be on the same day? Like, <laughs> that would be terrible. That'd be stupid. <laughs> well, there's even... It, it's been a little bit since we talked about this, but there is going to be overlap with Bad Batch and Andor. I don't think it was quite as severe as originally we thought because the dates are a little mixed up now. But, um, yeah. Andor and this new show shouldn't really line up too terribly, I don't think. Yeah, hopefully not. I don't even know if they'll be playing at the same time, honestly. But But didn't we have all this crap about how they, you know, they uh, didn't want it to be all saturated and stuff and... But now it's, we're just going to It's feast throw... or famine with Star Wars. It really is. They <laughs> go really crazy, is. and then there's backlash, and then they just go silent for a while. <laughs> I know. I mean, look at uh, you know, the High Republic era. They just dumped a bunch of content that nobody really liked, and then we got nothing. No comics, no, yeah. nothing after yeah, that. Yeah, what happened to the comic? Is the High Republic comic actually still going on to be honest with you i i I really don't know i guess i could look that up but i i i mean i i've been a little bit less uh i haven't been up as much to the comic shop but um god i don't even remember the last time we even talked about that let me let's take a let's take a peeky peek here um so, oh, okay. It looks like they're branching off. It looks like we have a series set to begin in October. So maybe they took a little little bit of a, an actual break. So when is this one? October 12th. Oh, so 
Okay. <laughs> so coming up October twelfth, okay. we have a we have a new uh, portion. Yeah. And they only have two issues listed here. There might be more. Uh, and then let's see the other one. Uh, series concluded a little over a year in March. Okay. Oh, so that series is done. We're done with that okay. particular arc of the High Republic. Um, dang. Well, Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of a kind of a funny funny way of doing it. Kind of a limited. Well, I mean, it was January sixth, twenty twenty one, to March second of twenty twenty two. Huh. Fantastic. So I guess we will have more High Republic comics, but do you think it's worth uh, sort of investing in that? I always kind of enjoyed the High Republic comics because they were always, I thought the art was always really good for the most part on it. And I liked, um, oh, what's her name? <laughs> our, our character who's uh, condemned to be a comic book character until that one book comes out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, um, let me find her name because I don't want to say like, seems like we have a lot of names that are kind of close to Reva. Yeah. I kind of was thinking the same thing. Or something like that. Keeve. Keeve. Um, uh, what was, uh, oh, for, for, gosh, just, just, just give it to me, man. What's you looking for her last name or her master's name? No, her last name. Wow. It's just too much clicking. <laughs> I'm tired of clicking on stuff today. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Did we even... We didn't even really finish the Trial of Shadows, did we? Nope. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Yeah, we've kind of abandoned High Republic a bit, to be honest. Yeah, we Which really is did. is fine. Uh, I wonder if any Keeve, of that Keeve, would be Keeve Trennis. Trennis. And then uh, Skier was her uh, master. Yeah, Keeve is actually one of the coolest new characters in Star Wars from High yeah, Republic. But the comic doctor. Yeah. Well, she is getting in. To one of the young adult books, I think, coming up. Yeah, we'll see. I'll Could believe be wrong it when there, I see it. Yeah. Maybe we can uh, pronounce uh, the 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 Nihil differently. It'll it, instead of the Nihil the or Nile. the Nile, it'll just be the Nile River. <laughs> it'll just uh, what would be the new pronunciation? The Neils. The Neils. The Neils. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. An old old Martian to Marcion. Martian Row. Martian Row. <laughs> God. Whatever. We'll see though. It should be interesting. Um but yeah, we'll we'll see. We've got we've got like a month to decide on if that's something we want to get into. But there are two things I think that we immediately need to talk about after I ask you how your week's been. No, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, just took care of myself before our recording. Got a massage therapy session. Ew. Oh, ew! I don't want to talk about no. taking care of yourself. 
<laughs> no, no. It's just it's just because I've been having like some severe headaches and like back pain. <laughs> yeah, sure. According to her, I am a mess. I am a hot mess. So <laughs> Yeah. Good times. Yeah. No, that's good. It's good but stuff. Other than that, I haven't really done a whole lot this week. Uh we have the Clint Black concert tomorrow that we're going to. Looking forward to that. Getting way behind on school because it seems like every day I have a bunch going on, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I'll just cram before a diaper party Saturday. <laughs> but yeah, not a whole lot of exciting things really going on this week. I've become that old neighbor, though. I, I have a... Uh, oh, oh, internet connection, unstable. Might get choppy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, but no, I've become that old neighbor this week. I've been super passive-aggressive all week. We have these new neighbors that, like, park in our parking spots obnoxiously. So, like, when I open my windows, I see their two cars parked side by side. Oh, they're in parked right spots. in front of your house? Yes. Oh. And one of them is parked in the road. Like, one of the wheels is on the road. Wow. There's five cars. They have five cars. They've got, like, some couch hoppers living there. Sounds, on and sounds on. like yeah. a call of the sheriff would be in order in that. <laughs> uh, we, we dealt with the uh, the manager, the uh, the park owner, so went the super passive-aggressive route and didn't confront my neighbors about their bull crap. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's nuts, dude. And they have a completely illegal dog. Oh, fun. Sweetheart dog, but they uh, they don't allow pit bulls here, and it's like purebred. Really nice dog, but just like, you guys are going to get kicked out in no time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's never fun. Um, I can't. I can't stand street parking. I can't stand assigned parking. You know, I'm kind of one of those people nowadays where it's just like, I just need to have my own space away from people. Yeah. Um, so I don't have to worry about that kind of crap because it is annoying. But yeah, parking well, right up against your house is ridiculous. I, I always hated even like parking at your old house. Like mm. I always <laughs> felt like I was really annoying the uh, mailman because I always had to park right in front of your mailbox. Yeah, well, but, uh, that'd be fine. <laughs> but, yeah, not, nothing major other than that. What about you? How's your week been? Um, yeah, it, it hasn't been too bad. We went to the uh, Ohio State game on Saturday. I played Arkansas State. Uh, didn't stay the entire game, but it was uh, fun. It's been... I mean, so many years uh, since I've been to one of those. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I now know what a Topo Chico hard seltzer tastes like. What did you just say? Topo, out loud? Topo Chico hard seltzer. How was that experience? It was better than White Claw and the rest of that bull crap. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Well, that's not really giving it a thumbs up. No, it wasn't bad. <laughs> it, it, it was. It didn't have like the, the crappy byproduct taste that a lot of them have. That multi taste. It was. It was yeah. decent, but like, 
they had very limited selection there because I mean it's you know we're not really there to pound drinks or anything, but it is nice to you know have a hot dog, get a pretzel. They did have a nice pretzel, and uh, have a couple beers while you're sort of watching the game. But like mm-hmm. they really they had just a bunch of light light beers. The only different stuff they had is they you had like a you know the lining kugel and then the um, and then there was like one little strip of blue moons. <laughs> yeah. No Oktoberfest coming out yet. <laughs> no, which I've seen a lot of Oktoberfest beers starting to come come out, which we need to get to a German place before too long. Yeah. yeah. Um but there's a uh our, our local beer spot. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. Um they have a a ridiculous selection of Oktoberfest right now. Oh, that's fun. Uh Weiss is it Weiss or Weiss? forget how to pronounce yeah, that but just different that. german beers one of them's like the oldest uh brewery in the world it's Ooh. it was founded like in a thousand twenty four or something Fun. like that okay. something crazy so i kind of want to try that out but uh brew dog no they don't have an Oktoberfest, but they have a passion fruit hazy jane now haven't tried it yet but that would be kind of <laughs> interesting kind of like mixing hazy with elvis juice in a way interesting yeah that is interesting what did I see? Oh, so um, <clears throat> I got a, uh, a land grant uh, that was like a, an Ohio State like land grant thing. And yeah. it was called, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it, it, it's, it, was like a ch- it was like a chocolate peanut butter brown ale. <laughs> Way too sweet. Way ridiculously Ooh. too sweet. But it tasted kind of like a Buckeye. Right. Yeah. So yeah. kind of cool in a way. Yeah, it was neat. It way too sweet though. Yeah. Land Did you ever try that Natty's? Uh, not Natty. Uh, the Heart State. No, that I mentioned. I looked it up, and I think honestly, we're just gonna go there because it's in uh, oh, really? it's in Gahanna, and uh, oh, nice. I think we're just gonna take some time because there's there's another place we've been looking to try. I think it's called Barrel and Boar, um, mm-hmm. and I think we we're gonna maybe make some time make some time to go down there and. Uh, Try is that the short north one that you always talk about? No, the, I'm talking about in no. Gahanna. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's in Gahanna too. Okay, yeah, that, that's in Gahanna. I don't know about much about the short north, so that's not really my okay. area. I thought I remember you saying there was one like right at the one of the edges of the short north that had a really good brewery, but uh, it's <laughs> possibly I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of breweries in uh in columbus in general so yeah but yeah uh i I will i will get on that uh and report back at some point but uh yeah definitely let me know yeah but yeah no aside from that just went to state game um i don't know i feel like i'm forgetting something i've done but you know this is mainly work uh it's employee appreciation week at work (laughs) so i'm buying the team lunch uh, tomorrow, so we're gonna do some city barbecue because um, I nice. have some pretty decently priced catering packages. And then yeah, we uh, do a lot of city barbecue at work. They have good catering meals. Yeah, Ashley. At one point, she found something. I think I told you about this. We might have talked about it on the podcast, but it was like a, it was one that was just opening, and it was like their practice night. So we went down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned we that. ate everything, got all the free food, got a bunch to take home. It was, <laughs> it was, it was very good. Did you did you try the family platter 
deal. I think it's like 60 bucks, but it's literally everything on the menu, like six sides yeah. and yeah. all their different meats. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. So, yeah, um, that and then uh, obviously if it goes down, your your diaper party this weekend. But And I might go and see the, uh, the Clippers uh, tomorrow night. No, Friday night. Because baseball is almost over. Baseball is almost over. And the uh, Cleveland Guardians, formerly Cleveland Indians, are actually in the playoffs. Nice. And I haven't watched jack all (laughs) of baseball this year, (laughs) which I'm kind of sad about. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, We didn't really do a whole lot of uh, baseball games or uh, crew games this year. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, the, the crew have only... They've they've tied so much. <laughs> they've just been in a tie fest. But anyway, so yeah, not not much else aside from that. Pretty much the the standard comings and goings. Uh, house is on the market officially. Had some showings today apparently, and uh, just waiting, waiting on that to uh, go through so I can stop having that house. <laughs> nice. Hope that goes smoothly. Yeah, same, same here. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Nice. So. Well, I suppose we should get into the meat of the content, talking about Rings of Power and House of Dragon. Yeah, so Rings <laughs> of Power, boy, oh boy, I did, uh, is that? Oh, have got you three watched? episodes in of that? Ah, yes. yeah. fantastic. Okay, good, good. So, what are your, what are your thoughts? Uh. One of the most aesthetically pleasing shows I have watched in a long time. Okay. Uh, the lore is a bit iffy for me yep. on some stuff. Not a big fan of the giant thing. That hasn't really gone anywhere yet. I don't care about the majority of the characters. I really just don't. You know, we have our one elf love interest story with a human. I, I'm not even going to bother looking up names. Cause I can't well, G- Galadriel but. and... and Halbrun. So Halbrun it was uh, created for the show. Oh no 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 that I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the uh, the ranger as they start getting pulled back. Oh I'm sorry. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah um, I can't think of his name. It starts with an A. I want to say like Aldrin or something, but I'm, I'm sure that that's not it. But yeah yeah him and the that apothecary lady who yeah. looks way too modern to be in that show. <laughs> Oh, is that who you were talking about? Yes. I get what you're saying with that. She is way too clean. Okay, thank you. I'm I'm glad that <laughs> yes. I'm glad that somebody else saw that too. Um, I can see why, you know, as an elf, he would be drawn to that level of beauty compared to everything else around him. But true, he's also a made up character too for the show. Okay, yeah, kind of figured a lot of characters were honestly. Um, from what I see from Calabrimbor, that's going to be interesting um hopefully the uh, uh what is sauron's uh alias when he tricks him into making the ring yeah i don't the remember something of gifts i can't think of the guy's name yeah but that'll be interesting when that finally happens not huge into the the dwarves seemed a little goofy to me in a way durin's cool i like durin i like most of the interactions with him and uh, our elf, who's friends also with Galadriel. Um, that was kind of neat. But you mean Elrond? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, but, uh, oh, um, Elrond's cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just it feels. I don't. I don't know what a good word to describe it is, but like stupid and weird, neutered. Like <laughs> we don't want to offend anybody at all, so we're not going to really crack any jokes like you would have seen in the movies, or like gotten really aggressive. Like dwarves that aren't super aggressive is weird to me. Mm. Like a draw during like just opening up the way he did so easily and getting so emotional was kind of weird. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean it's it's a good show. And like I said, it is some of the most beautiful TV I've seen in a long time. They put a yeah. ton into that. So I appreciate that. I, I think really the the main thing is just gonna be what we have happen with Galadriel because it could go really south really quick with her. She's not likable yet. Well, and the thing was, I gave her some slack in the first two episodes, but the third episode when they went to Numenor, which is interesting because we meet Elendil and um, and Isildur. Mm-hmm. You know, the sword, Elendil's sword is Aragorn, right. Gorn's eventual sword. Elf right. friend, he takes that name as well. Um, so... For me, that's interesting, but Galadriel, when she's addressing the Numenorians, it's like, look, nobody owes you anything. Like, they don't right. have to accept you, and maybe there's stuff that you're not privy to that upsets them. They have long life. You have infinite life as long as you're not killed, but they might see things differently than you, and you being that obstinate about the whole thing, it just seemed a little off to me. If I'm being, yeah. I if mean, I'm being completely honest about it, I can see where they're going with Galadriel. They're trying to make this story of a, a huge shift in her personality, which yeah is fine to an extent. But the Galadriel we get in Lord of the Rings is so ridiculously different that it's almost hard to reconcile in a way. Like, yeah. I understand this is like a child compared to a full-grown adult, essentially, but. <laughs> it almost takes away from how cool Galadriel is and how pivotal she really is. I don't know. Hopefully it gets better. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you there. And uh, it, it is unfortunate because like Gal- Galadriel in the Lord of the Rings was great. You know, she was powerful, a powerful ruling figure who mm-hmm. could see effectively in your mind. She held a ring of power and held it uh, even with Sauron and his tricks and so forth. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not like, I hate the whole warrior angle because no, I I don't. It just, there are a lot of people who are trying to argue that she was never a warrior and it doesn't fit well. They're trying to shoehorn her into being the stereotypical BA female character. I don't necessarily see that. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I I'm fine with warrior Galadriel. I mean, it makes sense in a way. Sure. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt my fragile male ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm not seeing where like a lot of people are saying that all the men in this show are useless and stupid and they don't know what they're doing. And I haven't seen that. They're goofy. Yeah. There's some goofy people, but they're not useless. Yeah. I mean I, I think maybe when we're in that one village with super manicured lady, apothecary, and like 
the village was like, oh, we're not going to listen to this woman. You know, oh, you don't have mm-hmm. any orcs or whatever. That might have been like triggered some people and so forth. But yeah, I mean, I just I thought it was a little a little benign uh, yeah. at times. And uh, I think Elendil seems like an interesting character if we actually elaborate, because his whole thing is he employs reason with Gladriel. Right. And I think that that's really neat if we actually um, if we actually focus more. And the other thing I'm interested to know, are we going to see the destruction of Numenor? Because Numenor is destroyed eventually, if right. I remember that correctly. Um, and then Elendil and Isildur come to Middle Earth and effectively establish, you know, Gondor and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So th- there's a lot to their lore that I would be more interested in not to be, uh, you know, whatever triggering about it, but I would care more about that than I do about Galadriel's whatever this is journey that she's on. Yeah, because ultimately we know that until we hit Lord of the Rings, she doesn't get her revenge, so that subplot is just kind of... Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of null and void. I mean, it, you know what's going to happen to all these characters, so I would wish they would focus more on character development than story arcs personally yes yes I and i'm not a fan of the hobbits i agree with you 100 percent. what you were talking about last week they don't act like hobbits at all yeah <laughs> it, it, it it's kind of it's kind of strange it is kind of strange the way they they deal with the hobbits and again it's it's not like it's not like i hate them they're just they're, they're different and i'm not quite sure what the point is yet now Nori, the, way, the sort of main hobbit, is kind of hobbity, and maybe yeah, it's just way, like this is going to build into what they are, what they then become, what they become. I I would guess I would compare it to like how Bilbo was always kind of odd as a hobbit, like you know he did some things that aren't really kosher for them. Yeah, and it's kind of the opposite with Nori. Like everyone's like Bilbo. But then there's Nori, who's like all the hobbits from the Shire when we finally see them in Lord of the Rings. It's weird. So maybe maybe yeah. she affects a cultural shift in some kind of way. I don't know. But the hermit thing, the whole hiding from people and being... Uh, oh, what's the term for a roaming... Nomadic. Tribe of people. Nomadic, yes. I don't get that. Fair. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. So welcome to our Lord of the Rings podcast, where we'll be... <laughs> We're getting there. Okay. Just wait until he uh, finishes up House of Dragon, gets caught up, and then we'll really not talk about Star Wars anymore. Yeah, no doubt. So there there was your uh, Lord of the Rings minute. Uh, <clears throat> Talking Tolkien. Talking Tolkien, yeah. That's another show. <laughs> the Unexpected <Yeah>. Podcast. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you want to talk about two trailers? Yes, that are actually related to Star Wars. It's amazing. I mean, let's. Uh, I, I want to go ahead and jump into the Tales of the Jedi first. Is that cool? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Tales of the Jedi. Uh, I didn't. I had not been uh, paying attention, and I saw this just pop up on YouTube, and I was like, I sent it to you, and I was like, like, have you seen this? Like, this is yeah, cool. this was uh, part of what the like D twenty three. Uh, just list of trailers for different games and uh, shows, right? Did it? 
I dropped think, that day. I think so. Like not sure, Creed but I think so. And all yeah. the Ubisoft stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They dropped a lot of cool stuff. And, no doubt. Uh, I was very happy to see this trailer, even though it's kind of all the same, what we've already seen in some ways with Ahsoka. But we get Dooku. Yeah, so this this I personally think is like the the most interesting thing about this whole show is Dooku. We're seeing Dooku, yeah, yeah. We're seeing Dooku with his Padawan Qui Gon Jinn, and it seems like this might be kind of where we see the turn away from the Jedi Order, which we've read about. We did Ju- Dooku Jedi lost, so like this information isn't really new, but to see it in a f- form, I think is interesting. And I also think we might see more like young Dooku and then old Duke, older Dooku as well. Um, and we also see potentially a battle with Yaddle, battle with Yaddle, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, <laughs> you had correctly identified probably the same video that I also ran across it. Dooku kills Yaddle. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Would make sense. You don't see her after like. What was that? Phantom Menace that she's in or Clone Attack of the Clones? Mm. I can't remember. I mean, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure she was a, a part of Attack of the Clones. So I'm, I'm pretty sure okay. she, she was in there. Yeah, man. I do love the uh, the visual design for Dooku. is really yeah. well done. Young Dooku and the voice acting is impeccable. I agree. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very excited for that. You know, I'd kind of mentioned earlier that the Ahsoka portion looked like a rehash of Order 66, but another thing that could be, potentially, from just watching that trailer again, this could be the bombing and her trial. Mm. Yes, it could be. And the clones just trying to apprehend her. That's why they went stun instead of lethal force. Makes a little more sense. That Yeah, very true. Another thing that I did see, um, I don't remember who had said it, what channel or whatever, so sorry, but... Um, said something about like so this is basically anakin you know without knowing it how ahsoka effectively survived order 66 you know constantly having the training and the awareness and you know so that could you know be some some sort of like slight tie in there but then we also get what is described in subtitles as an inquisitor with a mask yes Straight up a Sith Lord. Yeah. <laughs> so the design is uh, super over the top compared to all other Inquisitors, but I really like it. No, I do too. I do too. Um, this is a short series, so uh, or excuse me, a series of shorts. I should mm-hmm. be more specific about. Um, and I'm kind of wondering if, like, each episode, like this episode is just Dooku. This episode is just Ahsoka you know, something of that nature, or if they're going to kind of like segment it any more than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, just kind of based on throwing out the trial and then obviously having an inquisitor, we would have a bit of a time jump with Ahsoka's storyline. Yeah. Uh, which would make sense. Maybe going over her, you know, going into hiding. Mm -hmm. The real question is, is this inquisitor finding her after she's faked her death with Rex or before? Fair point. At that point, we really wouldn't have had Inquisitors installed yet, so it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. But we really don't have a lot of media explaining her being found by any Inquisitors, and she's still very young in this. Yeah, no so doubt. we're not dealing with uh, Fulcrum, Ahsoka, obviously. 
Yeah, and that is that is certainly an interesting thing. That is an interesting thing. I I'm still most excited about Dooku. Yes, I mean, ever since uh, Jedi Lost, Dooku has become one of my favorite characters. He was always a really interesting character to me, but uh, that yeah. has really elevated him to some epic proportions. You really can see why he fell, why he became disillusioned with the Jedi, and yep. any other little bit of content that just pushes him further over the edge, especially with Qui-Gon, is always appreciated by me. 100% agree with you on there. Uh, absolutely. So, I I don't know, man. I, I think that there's a lot, there's a lot more um, that we'll be able to talk about with this series as we go along. Short trailer, minute 45, um, as per the huge. But, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun to get into, and I'm very, very much looking forward to that particular series uh, coming up. And uh, we, yeah. we got oh, a date we a on that, bail. too, right? Uh, I believe October so. 26th. Yeah. We also get a little bit of Bail Organa in it yes. as well. Yeah. Good, yeah, good shout there for sure. I wonder if that'll tie into Kenobi if we jump ahead enough. That'd be kind of interesting. <laughs> Maybe he went to Ahsoka before Kenobi to try and save Leia. Do they still have contact? Or does she go completely underground? I forget. It's one thing I'm not really sure of. Yeah, I mean, we read the Ahsoka book like years ago. And, mm-hmm. and that was, you know, kind of her on the one planet hanging out. Uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I'm not sure. Shall be interesting. It shall. Either way. So we have one other trailer we need to talk about as well, though. Yeah, this was kind of just a ram last minute before we start recording. Oh, crap. Kind of moment. Yeah, it's like we totally missed that uh, Mandalorian Season 3 teaser trailer comes out. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I mean... Clearly, we're not <laughs> not up to date on things right now. It's okay. Yeah, it was it was but, in time uh, for the podcast, so that's the that's the important thing. That's right. We don't get a ton of this trailer. Um, we do get uh, some obvious hints that we're going to be going back to Mandalore. Oh yeah, hundred percent with the cult aspect, unfortunately. But yep. we kind of already knew that going into this season. Yeah, and we we do get we do get uh, shots of kind of like a destroyed Mandalore. Uh, we get Bo-Katan in the uh, throne room where, yep. um, oh my God, I'm forgetting her name, <laughs> where Kenobi Who's... saw Satine, goodness, oh, where Kenobi uh, saw Satine uh, be murdered by Maul, um, yep. and I... I I will say I think the visuals look really good, but you know you alluded to it. It does seem like we're going to have to, you know, work work through some of this um, cult stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. there's even a line that Bo says, "Your cult, like, what did it divided us or something like that?" Basically, yeah. Which I mean, Mandalorg would have gotten destroyed regardless, but uh, yeah. So I guess my big question is, are we going to have to deal with like Mandalorian Civil War type of thing 
or are we going to well, I don't think the cult has enough people to have that happen. No, so not if anymore. If the Civil no. War happens, it would be, it would be uh, Catan's people, realistically. Yeah. And maybe an offshoot of someone else. Uh, at this point, Death Watch is gone, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm interested, obviously as always. We we still get the little Naboo fighter. We're sticking with mm-hmm. that. Zo- still looks like it's about to fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> Zooming around the galaxy. But um yeah, but we and also just streaming 2023, no official date on that, at least from Star Wars uh YouTube page and starwars.com. Same week as Ahsoka. <laughs> Yeah, why? Why the heck not, right? Uh, yeah, so I'll I'll say this. I I think that I think that we're we're dealing we're obviously dealing with some some really cool stuff here in both of these series, right? Yeah. I just want to ask this question, and we'll actually go maybe into the meat of what we were actually going to talk about, unless you had anything else. We've talked about this before, like so. Mando, we have these little tales, short tales. Obviously, Bad Batch coming up, Andor coming up. Is there anything that you really want to see, like series wise, or maybe even like movie wise, that they're not doing? And and granted, with that being said, that we also have other series that we've you know don't have coming out yet as well. Uh, I mean, as far as movies go, I would like to see something in the old republic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hesitant to say I want another show because I feel like we're getting a bit saturated as it is. And right now with Mando still being the flagship and Kenobi going the way it did, it doesn't really seem like Disney's willing to put a lot of money into any one particular show. Uh, hopefully Andor changes that. But... Yeah. Yeah, I... At this moment, no. There's nothing I would throw in the mix for TV series. Okay, that's fair. I don't really, I don't really have anything specific either. I just thought I would pose, you know, potentially pose the question, and at least uh, see if there's anything to lead in there. But yep, yeah, seems like we're on the same page. There is a lot to come out. I just hope it's good. Yeah. That's all I really care about. Let's just make it good stuff. Yep, I completely agree. All right, man. Well, anything else that we want to yak about for the trailers? No, I do believe it's time to get into the meat of the podcast. Yes, a nice big pot roast. That's what's waiting for me, actually, after this recording. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, we made <laughs> some pork chops. Uh, nice. Very good. Okay. So, folks, again, in order to... Uh, kind of ramp our way into Andor. We are going to talk a little bit about um about Rogue One. Oh hey, look at this. What is this? Oh I'll screw you, buddy. You can tell you can tell how long it's been since I've actually opened up Disney Plus. Apparently there is a nine minute uh Andor Disney Plus Day special look. At Andor. Jeez. Well, Uh, too late now. We'll have to throw that in before the uh, (laughs) 
the episode yeah, before review. the other episode. Yeah. We also, by the way, we also are eventually going to get into the Kenobi, um, a Jedi's return documentary, which is an hour long. I do want to talk about that. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, definitely. So we'll, we'll get into that as well. Haven't forgotten about it. Just haven't really had the time or the space to, to get that in there. So rogue rogue one, um, I think we, if, and I don't want to speak for you, but I, I feel like, because this was 2016, I feel like we were both, were, were we both in Star Wars at that time, or were we both kind of in our Star Wars break? Um, I did not watch Rogue One for the first year after release. Okay, because Force Awakens was 2015. Rogue One came yeah. after. Um... And I think I was in the same boat because I was not, I was a little upset. I was a little salty about the Disney purchase. I didn't really enjoy that. I didn't like that we wiped out all of our lore. I didn't really like, you know, the, the move at all. Um, Agreed. So I didn't watch force awakens in theaters and I did not watch rogue one in theaters either. Uh, I passed by, but I remember us talking about it, and then obviously, like, you know, Ez and Mike back in the days of, like, the the Rebel Watch podcast and all that sort of stuff, which then turns into Hyperspace Hangout and uh, Flying Casual, respectively, to two other podcasts, and then eventually we put our podcast together. Um, that was around the time when I, I kind of, maybe that 2017 era, when... Um, when I kind of came back into it, because at that point, 2017, we were getting the whole ramp up to The Last Jedi. And I remember that Mike mm-hmm. and Ez had went to a celebration in Orlando, and then uh, in 2019, eventually, I got to go to celebration in uh, Chicago. But the whole thing was, I was a little sick of, of you know this whole junk that had been happening, and I wasn't quite ready, but eventually I did come around to it. And the first thing that I watched was Rogue One. I, wa- I watched Rogue One before I watched Force Awakens. And my initial reaction to it was so positive that I almost immediately, I bought it. And then I bought Force Awakens and said, okay, this is fine now. Yeah. Yeah, I watched Force Awakens in theaters um, when it came out. Mm. And that was actually when I took my break after that. I was actually really happy with how that went. I just, there was just something about it in the back of my mind. It's like this, I'm just not really interested in going forward. I don't know why, but, um, but yeah, um, going through this finally breaking down and watching this movie was probably one of the best decisions I've made (laughs) as a star Wars fan in a long time. Um, this is in some ways, like the pinnacle of the new star Wars movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's coming from someone who really loves solo. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this. I think, I think rogue one was a big eye opener for a lot of people. And it was, you know, really the first movie movie that didn't involve Jedi and the force. You mm-hmm. know, this was surrounding a small group of people who were fighting the empire and then subsequently stealing the Death Star plans. That was the whole premise of the movie. And 
it was it was just kind of refreshing and it was well shot and it looked good and the acting was great and the casting was great and everything about it just it really felt very very good and now we're doing this continuation and or and one of the things that I think people need to think about at least this is just from me is that remember Rogue One remember how you felt when you watched Rogue One and let's keep positive and let's see if Andor brings some of that magic back Mm -hmm. you know yeah absolutely agree so I figured we'd kind of go through Rogue One, kind of do a little review because we haven't reviewed it on the channel before. Um, And then maybe we'll kind of talk a little bit about some characters and some stuff we like, stuff we didn't like. I don't necessarily think we have to do a long rambly synopsis necessarily. Maybe just hit Mm -hmm. big points, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't watched this by now, you're... (laughs) I don't know what you're up to, bro. <laughs> I don't know Sorry, what's going no on in your life. I don't know who hurt you, but like it wasn't <laughs> us. <so laughs> I also have to yeah. say this too, and I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, but like the podcast theme song is inspired heavily by uh, some of the music of Rogue One. So mm-hmm. that that's something to also just point out there as well. But uh, as we go through here, we follow the the Ursos, which we got to know better last week uh, with the Catalyst book. And if you either haven't uh, read Catalyst or listened to our episode on Catalyst, it's a great it's a great book. I think we both rated it pretty high, right? You were like a four eight. I think I did a four oh, yeah. six. Yeah, I was way up there. I'd highly recommend watching or reading that and watching Rogue One again before starting Andor, you're really doing a disservice if you don't. I think so, too. And it, it makes us care about these characters because when you think about it, when you open this, you see uh, Galen, Lyra, and Jin as a young girl. And we find that Krennic, who is director Krennic at this point, who has been spearheading much of the Death Star program, is coming to collect Galen because Galen is the only one who understands the equations and the grander scheme of effectively turning Kyber into a killing device, device mm-hmm. of mass destruction. Um, and we learn through Catalyst that, you know, Krennic and Galen were old school friends. They've known each other for a very long time. But he starts to turn on his own ambition and Lyra, uh, you know, kind of um, sort of starts to help turn Galen away and then obviously love their child as well. But Lyra is killed, Galen is taken, and Jen is hidden in a bunker where she eventually meets up with good old Saul Guerrera who helped get (laughs) them to this planet in the first place, Mm -hmm. which we also learn in the book, which was fun. Yeah, I was curious how that uh, how that opening scene hit differently after reading the book for you. It a hundred percent did, and that's yeah. th- I'm glad you brought that up because like I told you how much that I loved the um, the the last chapter of the book, which was written from the perspective of of a young Jin or so, and mm-hmm. how it's like, well, 
Mama and Papa like Saul, so I like Saul. And it's like, you know, he becomes effectively and like... The Empire un- took my toys, so the <laughs> Empire sucks. Yeah. Well, he effectively became like an uncle, sort of. Like, it, it's it's a much bigger thing now knowing that Saul Guerrero picks her up here. There's, there's much more impact because we don't see Jin in Saul's... Uh, like sell. We don't see her mm-hmm. doing that, which she did, but we don't see it here in the movie form or in the book form or whatever. And that could be something that, that would be fun to explore. But regardless of that, it did hit a little harder because now I care a lot more about Galen, which I always liked. I care more about uh, Lyra to an extent, even though they could have done her a little bit better in the book. You, you could argue that uh, based off the I don't know I, I might be saying something stupid here I don't know which came first I'm assuming the book came after but like literally her entire character arc in the book is based off her few lines of dialogue in the movie right it's like trust in the force Krennic sucks that's about it <laughs> yeah it, it it was pretty um pretty light in 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 Lyra in general which is what it is but and honestly, after um, seeing how much Galen and Lyra struggled to give Jin a good, you know, upbringing and uh, safety and security, it makes it a lot more tragic to see how she becomes as an adult because of yeah. Krennic. Yeah, very. It's very true. Very true. Huh. That's sad, man. But uh, but yes, very true. Um. So then we move along uh, and we meet Cassian. Cassian mm-hmm. Andor, who just kills a guy in the street to escape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the only backstory we have of him right now is how he reprogrammed the droid. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. from the from the Cassian and K2 uh, comic that, yeah. we, that we did a few weeks ago. Very interesting stuff. But... Um, I, I think one of the things that I hope that the series does is give us more on Cassian to where we kind of understand a little bit more of his decision-making process here because he just kills that guy. Ah, my arm. Yeah. I can't possibly do it because of my arm. Well, it's going to be okay. It's, I'm going to shoot you in the back now. Sh- 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 you know, the thing that I'm proud, since we're not like doing a synopsis and everything, I'll jump ahead quite a bit. Yeah, go. Uh, w- one thing that I'm really excited for this show to uh, shed a light on is a comment made by Donnie Yen's character, uh, Shirat, when they're imprisoned, and he makes the comment to, um, to Cassian that we all have our cell, yeah. and I can sense that you carry yours with you wherever you go. Yeah, such a good, such a good line. Such a good Donnie line. Donnie Yen... Yen is such a good actor. I love, and apparently I was reading into it, uh, Jet Li was also in consideration, just simply came down to Yen was, you know, cheaper. <laughs> but yeah. that would have been kind of interesting to see Jet Li in a Star Wars movie. But I, I think Donnie does such a good job with this character. And it is, he is one of the most unique characters in Star Wars. It makes you want to, dive into different aspects of the force that wouldn't necessarily just be the Jedi and the Sith, you know, yep. uh, the potential of all these other force sensitives and what they're able to do. I don't think we ever see a 
Jedi deal with blindness quite as well as uh, uh, Donnie does. Obviously, uh, what's his name? Starkiller's uh, master in our... Uh, Darth Vader? No, no, no. The guy he blinds. <laughs> the guy he blinds and he ends up training him after oh, he escapes from Vader. Yeah. I can't think of his name, but obviously he wasn't as competent. <laughs> right, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Um, God. Yeah, Don, Donnie Yen did a heck of a job. The, the, the casting of this movie was so good. Right, right down like Felicity Jones, you know, playing uh, Jen, uh, Diego mm-hmm. Luna playing uh, Cassian, um, even the voice actor for uh, for K two S O. Let me actually look up a full <laughs> cast list uh, because he did a couple of panels at uh, Celebration. Um, Andy Tudyk, um, Riz Ahmed, who who uh, played Bodhi Rook, the pilot. Um, uh, let's see. Get, I mean, seeing as I'm just naming names, uh, Mads, uh, Mickelson, who is Galen, just, I, I love that guy. I'd love to see him do more yeah. stuff. Uh, Ben Mandel, Mandel Schoen, maybe, who played Orson, uh, Krennic, and, uh, oh, I'm trying to. Uh, who else, who else did we have in our little crew? Where's our other guy? Our, our big dude. Uh, he is at the very, sorry. He is at the very bottom. Um, or he was, maybe they, did we, did we cancel him and we don't know it? No, I don't even see him on the, the oh, it rescatters all the bottom ones when you (laughs) reload the page. That's so stupid. Uh, where is he? Do I have to open up an extended page? He should be up top. He really should. He should be up top. Why Why can't I find this guy? What? What is going on? I will say when I found him, he looks quite different. Ah. Okay. Well, he had a beard and long hair. Found him. Uh, Jiang Wen. Ah. Okay. Okay. There we go. Cool, cool, you, cool. You do have to look for a little bit. Yeah, the... the the facial hair and long hair really throws you off. Yeah, no doubt. Also, a couple of uh, quick little cameo, sneaky cameos. Ryan Johnson was in here as an Imperial uh, technician. Yeah. yeah. And we also had, uh, like, literally, I just saw his face as a stormtrooper, uh, Sam Whitwer, who... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, another so, some other cool things, obviously not uh, just uh, callbacks to some current actors, but for some actors who have already passed, uh, obviously with Tarkin. But I wonder yeah. if you knew this. Um, we get recycled footage of red and blue leader. Those were all unused clips from A New Hope. Really? I didn't even know yes. that. Yes, because if you look... At Red Leader, it's Drew Henley. No shit. Yeah, I cannot find Blue Leader, but yes, that it, that was the Blue Leader. That is from crazy. A New Hope. Simon yeah. uh, Fran. Fran- well, not from A New Hope because he dies, obviously. No, I was <laughs> just saying. You said 
Well, Aldo, that just said blue five. Never mind. Yeah. Who's blue? Yeah, leader? they have blue three and whatnot. But oh, yeah, okay. red leader, Drew Henley. Fantastic. I yeah, I didn't even know that. God, that's uh that's probably a lie, isn't it? You probably lied to me. No, I mean I well, <laughs> I mean, this was from just reading some retrospectives and whatnot of the uh, movie, so I, I didn't verify it, verify oh, it. Oh boy. It's a it's a lie. But I mean, look at the difference in picture for Drew Henley compared to everyone else. Yeah. Clearly it's a very old picture. Yeah. I, I see I, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, Genevieve Actually, O'Reilly. Actually, yeah, if you, look up his, if you look up his actor profile, it shows an old picture of him in a star. That's fine. Uh, X-Wing. Okay. Yeah. Genevieve O'Reilly comes in as Mon Mothma. Um, Jimmy Schmitz comes through with Bale. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually liked uh, Alistair P- uh, Petrie, who came in as General Draven a little later. <laughs> you know, I, I think one of the probably, it, to me, one of the more interesting things was the um, the inner political thing towards the end where we had all of the rebels in one room trying to decide on if she, they should um, go to Scarif and them not being able to come together. And this seems like a, a very real thing that could happen. And in true rebel fashion, of course, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jen in group just go out and do it. But then you, you have basically Draven and, and then the Mon, Cal, Mon Calamari, including Admiral Raddus, who completely super just... Super aggressive. <laughs> yeah, just they back him up. It's like, oh, Admiral Raddus's fleet's like gone. Yeah, Suit up. he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> that is why up. we have Akbar. <laughs> that is indeed why we have Akbar. Because, yeah, Raditz got wrecked towards the end, which is what it is. Which is a shame. I mean, cool, cool character. But um, this movie it makes you look at a new hope in so many different lights when you rewatch it afterwards yeah one of the things that kind of struck me while watching it was the battle of scarif completely explains why we only get 30 or so x-wings attacking the death star when this is like the biggest priority yep like they got wiped out they (laughs) there were not many left they were scrambling and uh, Yavin four was pretty empty after that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is, it is crazy to think about. Um, one of the things I also want to talk about just from the scope of rogue one is the, uh, the kind of issue of like loss. Cause technically you could look at like this did give new hope, but it also was a huge loss. You know, mm-hmm. you lost fighters. Many Bothans. Many of Athens. That was the second time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you, you lost heroes, effectively. You made heroes. Um, and, you know, we've seen a lot of the utilization of Jen Erso uh, for a lot of different characters as inspiration in new books and everything like that. I do kind of wish that, like, maybe Cassian would have gotten more recognition later on, too. Like, some person was like, yeah, you know, I bumped into casting and or he shot a guy, but he was like, Hey man, I have to get out of here. The stormtroopers are going to get us. And I was like, I really took that to heart, bro. <laughs> well, even like, obviously we wouldn't have the, uh, the Lucas recuts at this point, but just throwing something in there. I don't know. Some memorial wall at some point in an obscure episode of, I don't know what you would even see it in, in any of the movies, but yeah. just, 
have his name on a wall or something, or some character just randomly CGI'd in to mention him, you know? Yeah, and, and I think I think the really the hardest thing here is is that, you know, he was a spy. Plain and simple. He was yeah. a soldier, but he was a spy. And you're not supposed to know spies. Like, you go to the CIA and they have that wall of, like, you know, their agents who had been killed. I don't think they have names to them at all. I think it's like a nameless wall, if I remember right. correctly. I could be wrong. But, like, you're not supposed to know the spies. That means they're doing their job. But at the same token, I would have just liked to have seen a little bit more acknowledgement of Cassian just in general. That probably would have made me a little happy. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it's fine, I guess. I guess I'll be okay. I do kind of like the aspect where they kind of, when all of the saboteurs, assassins, and spies just kind of gang up to help at the end and essentially become the rogue one unit. Yep. It, I don't know if they specifically mentioned this or not, but you know, the, the unsung heroes, the nameless that gave everything basically to keep the rebellion going. And the hope that we always thought was Luke in a new hope is kind of dashed away in this movie because these the sacrifice of these people is the new hope, technically in a new hope, not Luke. Well, how does Luke uh, even know what to shoot at if yep. not for this group that stole the plans? Yeah. And it also ties up a kind of a plot hole in Tarkin's competency because I know a lot of people would always throw out before this movie came out, well, Tarkin was so arrogant, he knew that this problem was there and he didn't evacuate and he deserved to get blown up because of that it's like no he had no idea no he had no idea they had nobody the only people that could have warned him he blew up yep like like literally krennic could have saved the death star had he not blown him up potentially <clears throat> yeah and that i mean that really comes down to the arrogance of the empire though you know mm-hmm. that the empire is arrogant the imp- well, they spawn arrogance. They yeah, breed it. Exactly. And Krennic and Tarkin's relationship, we don't really get to see a lot of it in this movie like we do in the books, but <laughs> Krennic's outburst towards Tarkin when he basically says, I'm taking over. Yeah. It's my so- achievement, not yours. Yeah. Whereas at first that kind of seemed like a Hux outburst after <laughs> reading the book really gives you a, a different light on it. I mean, yeah, these people can't, these two can't stand each other. And of course, he would blow up like that, yep. like a child having his toy taken away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the, fa- the fact that he tries to like weasel his way back in with Vader, and I know it was cheesy, but the, the Vader quip was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. What was it? Don't choke on, on your, your own ambitions, yeah. director. Director. <laughs> Yeah, that was. And I know that, that canonically it doesn't make sense, but I loved having a very old raspy Vader voice. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you you bring back uh, James Earl Jones, and uh, well, they brought him back for the Kenobi series, but they obviously de-aged they that voice a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's like yes, we get it. He's much older now, but like you know, just like let's chill. <laughs> um. So yeah, the the idea of loss is 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 everything here. You know, when we actually get on to Scarif, I I thought that there could be a possibility that somebody makes it out. 
But as soon as those shield generators clamped down, I knew that everyone that we have just spent this entire movie getting to know is dead. I, I knew yeah. it instantly. It's like, there's no way that this is going to turn out any better for any of these characters. It's like, that is so fundamentally sad. I really wish we could have had someone survive. Cause like well, the whole thing at the end, Jen and Cassian had the energy to make it all the way down to the beach, but they couldn't find a shuttle. Right. You know, the problem being a prequel is you can only change the lore so much. And these characters would be the most beloved characters of the rebellion. Mm. And then how would you explain them not being there for three movies after yeah. that? And then not being a part of like force awakens if they live that long. Yeah. <laughs> well, to you help lay out, you just pipe them in on the intercom, like general Sandula to the office, <laughs> general Sandula. It's like, okay, right. <laughs> General Andor. Rogue One. Rogue One. Rogue One. <laughs> Report to the landing pad. Rogue One? There is no Rogue no, One. Rogue. <laughs> I love that. That was like perfectly <laughs> delivered. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty good. Um just get like the 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 CGI Rogue One and all of the uh members of it during the battle with uh uh, Palpatine's fleet. <laughs> there we go. And oh Skywalker. <laughs> let's Just throw let's, him in there. Let's not get too crazy now. Get to hear K2SO just talk crap to the Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> Cassian told me I had to be here, so I'm here. <laughs> I'm here for you because he told me I had to yeah, be. Yeah, goodness. Uh, uh, while we're on the topic of him, what do you think of K2SO? One of the one of the droids that I can actually stand long term. Yeah, a lot of a yeah. lot of Star he is Wars. One of my favorites. Yeah, a lot of Star Wars droids get old. R two has always been a stalwart, and even BB eight was pretty endearing, but they didn't talk. Most right. talking droids do get a little annoying, but well, I they think get sassy. Yeah, a little too sassy for me. Yeah. And K two S O is just blunt, and it's really yeah. entertaining. But no, I, I, I like I like K two. I, I think uh, I think he's a good droid, and you know I think it's a good addition, uh, you know, to that particular set of lore. And and even the comic was kind of fun with the reprogramming. And he's like, I no longer feel the need to kill you. It's like sweet. Eight percent of me still wants to kill you. Yeah, only eight percent. It's just normal. <laughs> That's like what everybody wants to do. Everybody wants to kill each other ten percent. At least, so you know, eight percent's below. I don't know what I'm yeah. talking about. Um, but anyway, so the overarching theme here is the Death Star. We do see the kind of first test of the Death Star here on Jeddah, completely destroying mm -hmm. the city of Jeddah, and then eventually we see it again firing and destroying the the kind of just the the uh, archive at Scarif. Mm -hmm. single engine reactor uh you may fire when ready and upgraded from that pretty quickly <laughs> in a new hope <laughs> yeah it did <laughs> but no i i think um it, it is it is a scary looming threat and i think probably one of the most disconcerting things was just seeing that you know jetta being destroyed in that wall of just earth just yeah. coming at you and even you're in a in a flipping ship, and it's not quite fast enough to get away from the destruction. That's wild. It's interesting that uh, Salger decides to go down with the ship or the base in this 
instance. Saul, though, you know, he even admits to himself. Saul was done. Yeah, he he's he's not much. There, what it, what was his line? Not it's much like, left of him. There's not much left of me to take. Did they send you to kill me? It, it is cheesy, but I like it. It is super cheesy, but I do like it. No, I especially I like now it. seeing how close they were, and we don't get a ton of Saul. You know, we get a little bit of him. I know. Yeah. Probably not your favorite characters. Eh. Not one on my radar, but uh, it it would be kind of cool to dive into his descent into madness a bit more and his paranoia. Yeah, I mean, it's just basic paranoia and loss. You know, he loses his sister and everything and his planet and whatever. The only, he, he's just a constant fighter. But yeah, at this point, he's basically mostly just bot. He's mechanical. Mm-hmm. He's surviving off a breather. Mad now. Yeah. yeah. And it's sad. It's it's very sad to see Saul in that shape. But yeah, it was unfortunate. But I don't, I think he I think he was just done running. Yeah, he just didn't have any any left. This was his last sort of stand. And if he can, you know, kind of become a martyr at that point, um, that's sometimes a good thing too for a cause. You know, well, I think he had seen his beliefs passed along to Jen after she got to see the hologram of her father basically asking for forgiveness, which is an extremely emotional, well-done scene. I think that's probably one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars, to be honest. Yeah, when after she sees that and she drops your knees and everything, it was, yeah. yeah, The the movie itself just had so much power in it, which Mm -hmm. I think is a big reason why I really liked it. Well, it's the edgiest and most heartfelt you could argue of really all the Star Wars movies because they don't deal with like very benign topics. Right. Just like, oh, God, choose to love your family even though they're, you know, murdering millions of people. It's like, no, you abandoned me. And it's easier to consider you dead than to feel the pain of wondering if you're still alive. Right. And then for her to realize, oh, well, my dad didn't do that with me. He held that pain his entire life. And I just saw him die. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty crazy. Sorry, my phone went off there. Oh, you're good. <laughs> I don't even know what it was. Probably some K-pop, you know, because I love K-pop. Oh, yeah. That's a lie. It, it really is a shame because, like, we're talking obviously more about Jin and some other characters. It does pump me up for Andor, but it also makes me wish that we could have had a backstory, the gap years for Jen, yeah. you know, see what she did as a hardened crimi- criminal and yep. her time with Saul and, you know, being abandoned by Saul and how that affected her psyche and whatnot. Yeah, it, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I think that, you know, the unfortunate thing is that a lot of the stuff that we kind of wish were elaborated on never seems to be the exact thing that we get elaborated on. Like, you know, just yeah. give me the lost Luke years, you know, yeah. and I'd be really happy. But instead we get like, Hey, you want to learn more about Boba Fett? <laughs> no, no, yeah. not really. Again, I'm good. Again, because like, you know, we've already done that. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Um, you know, even like our, uh, our new, series coming up, I would be really cool with an animated short story focusing around Jen. Yeah. 
just adapt her to animation and give her like two episodes, one going over her time with Saul, one going over her time on her own. Mm-hmm. Now she w- she did have some some stuff in the Forces of Destiny, a uh, little uh, short animated stuff. I don't didn't really watch much of that, so I, I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure what they covered. But anyway, that is out there. Um. Okay. Well. Oh. I guess we we've been talking a lot about loss. Let's just talk about like Jin's dad dying. <laughs> Getting exploded. Well, <laughs> Poor guy. You knew from the start of that scene nothing good was going to happen yeah. to any be anybody on that landing pad. Like yeah. it was all going to go south regardless. Well, Krennic had but, finally uh, found out who the leak was, and it was uh, Galen. And uh, yeah, he, you know, the the rebels his entire team right. <laughs> Kills the team, but then the the rebels come through with a bombing run, and effectively the rebels kill Galen, mm-hmm. and uh, this creates some dissension between him and Jin, because effectively Andor was sent to kill Galen Ursa. We know that, um, but he didn't. He he hesitated because you know we're starting to see that he believes in Jin and he trusts her now, and um, you know she's not okay with it, and they kind of have a little bit of a fight, but. Eventually, his support, once they get back to the council, I think really starts to sway, really starts to sway him, you know, or sway her back into the that sort of relationship that they've been building. And it's a sweet yeah. little relationship. You know, it's obviously not long yeah. lasting, but it's kind of like a probably a little bit more than friends. We've been through a lot of with each other in the trenches and all but there's that. There's no time for that. Yeah. <laughs> Time's up. Yeah, time's up. Well, one thing uh, we don't, we didn't really touch on when they're having their little fight back on the ship. Uh, Cassian's comment: "You're not the only one who lost everything. Yeah. I've been fighting this war since I was six years old." Now say it like Again. Cassian. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. But that being fighting. said, I've I'm lost everything. I've been fighting this since I was six years old. I've been constipated that long too. <laughs> what do what do you know about loss? He's a bit of a whisper talker at times. Yeah. Yeah. At least they gave but, him uh, the mic. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just see it like they're shoving it into his mouth like you need to speak up. We can't pick up any audio. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly the rebellion's real to you. <laughs> what? But, um, yeah, I mean, that that's something else I want to explore a little bit. Ho- I, I kind of doubt we'll jump back a lot, but maybe get one or two flashbacks of what he's referring to. You know, what happened when he was six? Is that when all his family was killed or taken away to be yeah. enslaved by the Empire? I mean, what happened? Yeah, and that was, you know, when, when Rogue One came to IMAX and I watched that, we got the kind of little, you know, teaser from potentially the first episode, maybe. And, you know, we see him not as a child, but he's clearly kind of doing things on his own, but against the Empire. And Mm -hmm. it would be interesting to see maybe more of, like, his backing motivation, although I think you have to make it really brutal. 
Like, he would have to make it yeah. brutal. Because there are a lot of people that don't like Cassian, mainly because he killed that one guy to get up a wall. Which, I mean, like, I get it. The the guy was going to rat him out. He's a spy, and he was going to get killed or imprisoned. I, anyway. I can't I'm go not... anywhere with my arm. I can't run. My arm's broken. <laughs> well, they were going to climb, so he couldn't climb. You know, yeah. His arm. Come on. But, uh... I, I get why some people won't like him because of that, but it's not like Han Solo was always on the up and up either. I mean, no. he killed a lot of people that weren't necessarily. Runner. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's probably killed his fair share of somewhat innocent people. <laughs> Possibly. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. But I think our, uh, our, our family tragedy is going to have to be a step above what we see with Mando. Agreed. Or a couple steps above, like we actually see things happening. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like they'll either be gunned down, like rounded up and gunned down, kind of Nazi style, or it'll be more like uh, maybe an officer, an Imperial officer yeah. did them wrong in some way, shape, or form. But they're definitely yep. dead. Yeah. <laughs> like it was the, just, the only other my thing. father worked his... Self to the bone and died working, and my mother sh- shortly after. That wouldn't give me the impact. And that's why I hate the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> that's, they, they enslaved our people, and they just died, in, you know, just one day. No, 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 no. They enslaved my people, and then rounded us all up, and made us dig our own graves, and then shot everybody. But I hid under their bodies, and got they away. They shot me too, but I didn't die. Through the gut. <laughs> That's the yeah. only way you can survive. Got to be through the gut. It's, it's got to be right. a straight shot through the gut. An inquisitor pulled up and impaled me through the gut, and I was the only one to survive. But luckily, just like some inquisitors, I have two stomachs, so I survived. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's got to be brutal. Like, Disney has to be able to go there. Go there and be like Like younglings. Brutal. Let's just let's go younglings yes. level brutality. Let's just do that. Yeah. And that, that's, that's how I think it would work. For me, yeah. personally. But anyway, so I, I guess we can start, you know, winding down on, on the Rogue One. You know, we do get to Scarif. We do get the plans. People die. You know, unfortunately, we... Our team just literally wastes away. K2SO is the first to go. Um, locking Cassian and Jin in the archive so that they can get the plans and just being shot a lot. And then... I think it was Bodhi who was next. Who? Yeah, he gets grenaded. Yeah, he gets grenaded, um, but he establishes a connection, helps establish mm-hmm. a connection to. Oh no, wait, no, it would no, it was Sheeran who he died plugs first. in the comms on his side, and they send it out, and then. Well, well, no, 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 no. So they have to get the master switch first. So technically, right. it's Sheeran, Donnie Yen. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, uh, what was the name of uh, the other guy? was his actual name? Uh, I thought I still had this pulled up, but I might have closed it. <laughs> We're so rude. See if I can find him again. Uh, Boz? Yeah. Malibus? Yeah, yeah. Baze? Boz? Yeah. So it was, so Cheerit goes out there and finds a master switch. I'm one with the force and the force is with me. And then just gets wrecked, unfortunately. Uh, Baz comes out, kills everybody, and then eventually gets grenaded, 
<laughs> I did see a meme at one point, or maybe it was just somebody talking about it, about, you know, because, like, uh, Padme dies of a broken heart, and so does Boz. <laughs> Boz Maldus dies of a broken heart looking at his friend and just gets grenaded, even though he probably could have just ran away. Uh, but he was shot That's a few right. times, so I, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, they both are, are, are killed. And then Bodhi is then killed when they throw a grenade into the ship that he's in. But he does make a connection mm-hmm. to yep. the uh, to the fleet. Um, and then we think, oh, Cassian, he, uh, uh, he fell, but he's good. Comes through and, and shoots Krennic. Shot through the gut. He's fine. Yeah, just the gut. It's, it's all good. Just broke his back casually. It's fine. Took out two death troopers. Yeah. Nonchalant. It's fine. Screw those death troopers. They aren't like hyper the you coolest know, thing ever. Freaking super troopers. Um, That's not the coolest thing to come out of a Star sweet. Wars movie ever. They are really cool. <laughs> and then finally, Jen and Cassian are taken at the end when the Death Star uh, shoots the planet. And we see them kind of go up in light. And I got to say, you know, this is this is why this is part of the reason why war movies are so powerful because you see it. You you have to see mm-hmm. it in color. And here we also see all their deaths very much front and center. I mean, we, we see them yeah. all until the end and that's a, that is a very, very powerful thing to see. And I'm glad that they had the balls to do it. Like they had yes. the stones. They sent them out it. respectfully. I feel like I think because so. they actually, they actually acknowledged what each of these characters had to go through. Yeah. Even down to just our spies who got wiped out by our uh, ATSD. I mean, they mm-hmm. they got completely wrecked. <laughs> yeah, well, even even the one general who who was able to get in and his X-wing. You know, we saw this was part of the genius, I think, of the cinematography because we're following him. He gets shot down, and we see the the his X-wing go down on the beach, but we're automatically yes. transported into the next people. You know, so it's like yeah. it's very fluid the way. Yes, All everything is going to hell, and we're going to give you the landscape of that. Yeah, and, and you get <laughs> shot you for get shot. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very effective warfare. Um, they even modeled a lot of their weaponry off of like more modern, you know, war weaponry. Like even Cassian's rifles, based off of you know like the AR platform mm-hmm. rifle. Well, and they also, I mean, they introduce. Uh, some different ships, some different. Mm-hmm. They they introduced that tank. Um, oh yeah, yeah. In our right. ground true, warfare, true, true. I mean, they could have gone with nothing but bare bones, basic Star Wars ships and vehicles, but they actually took the time, even though we'll never see them again, yep. to build these really well done uh, ships and vehicles. And I just really appreciate the attention to detail. Yeah, the attention I mean, this, to detail this is, is great. This is like a swan song. Yes. In a way. 100%. For Star Wars before it all went kind of downhill. <laughs> yeah, but there, 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 were, there were ebbs and flows. You know, we, we get more rebels showing up. We get reinforcements, and the reinforcements are killed. We, oh, this good thing happens. This bad thing happens. It was, you know, th- there was the, the AT-ATs coming through and shooting at everybody, and then, oh, here comes the X-Wings to deal with those guys. Yeah, and they just demolish all of them very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all of it was it was pretty. It was just really really neat to see. Um, so and Scarif in general is a really cool landscape. It's very Kashyyyk like, like yes. the beaches of Kashyyyk and Revenge of the Sith. Um, really, 
really cool area. Agreed. Agreed 100%, my man. So let's go ahead and just uh, sort of do the wrap up here because there's also the, you know, the fleet up in the, up in space, they take down the gate and then, uh, you know, take out a couple of the Imperial uh, ships, but it's a trap because Vader's Mm -hmm. fleet then shows up and creams what's left of the, um, of the rebel fleet here. And then we get one of the most epic Vader scenes in live action we've seen uh, as he's just just hacking dudes to pieces down a corridor. And, and again... This is like a 80s horror movie. Yeah. Wrecking everybody. But it's not just wanton violence because at the end of the day, we have the plans. Like, they're literally transporting the disc person to person to try and get it out of here. Mm-hmm. And it's very close to not make yeah, our it. Our last guy who like shoves it through the half open hatch. It's like, take it. I know I'm dead, but take it. We got to. Yeah. It, it just goes to show how many people really sacrifice themselves. And you don't see that in a new hope. Obviously you get an idea that it was probably difficult to get them. But from the moment the movie starts to our tie in into a new hope. I mean, it's just loss after loss after loss. Yep. So, you know, with, with Vader doing his thing, obviously that's epic. But then we also get, because you talked about CGI Tarkin, we also get CGI Leia here as well. Mm-hmm. And effectively, this is like right into A New Hope, like legitimately from Within this an movie. Hour of it. Yeah, <laughs> to New Hope. So, overall, it's it's really, really cool to behold everything that's going on here. And I think it was a great movie. So you, you want to maybe like do some wrap up and do a little bit of a rating here. Yeah, sure. All right, man. What's your, what's your rating and why? And out of 10, because it's a movie and not a book. <laughs> out of 10. I know that this is going to be way off from our initial review. Cause we have reviewed this. If you want to go back, that's a much more in-depth. Oh, review. did That's we? probably like, I think we did. Okay, I'll take your word on it. I, yeah. I must just be Solo is the one that we messed up. Rogue yeah, yeah, yeah. One, we actually properly reviewed. Interesting. Sure. Okay, well, yeah. revisionist history, but, um, but I'm just going to guess a little bit here <laughs> that I probably rated it lower back then. I appreciate it more now, especially after reading the book. Um, the acting in this is near flawless. The visuals are stunning, and what made me fall in love with Star Wars in the first place there is a real sense of loss, sacrifice, and just duty that really explains why we're so desperate to start of a new hope to destroy the Death Star because we've sacrificed the majority of our fleets and our ground troops and our ships to even accomplish this, and this is literally our last chance. Yep. And it changes a lot of the nuances and the overarching story of a new hope i feel in a very good way um you know one thing we kind of glossed over i don't know if you caught this like i did but uh when chirin finally dies i felt like that was a good example of the will of the force uh essentially taking over in a situation and saying this is how we're going to bring balance back and these plans have to be delivered 
So you are literally bulletproof right now until mm. you've fulfilled your destiny. And he even says that right after he pulls the lever. Uh, it even goes well past that to the point of Luke and what he's able to accomplish and everything else. It's something worth maybe diving into at a later date more extensively. So I won't uh, focus on it too long. But there, there's just a lot of little things that happen in this movie that are worth a longer discussion than we have time for tonight. But this is probably going to be in my top three for a very long time, if not permanently, alongside uh, Empire and Revenge. It might actually be in between them. I'm not sure yet. But this is an amazing movie all around, and I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Okay. Okay. I understand a lot of the criticisms of this movie. I, I think that a lot of folks didn't necessarily feel as connected to some of the characters here and there. Um, and I think that... I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I think it's a little short-sighted. I think that if you really dive into this movie and really sort of understand it for what the story they're trying to tell, which is a story of loss and then a story of like a glimmer of hope, I think it's really, it's a really, really cool way to do that. And the cinematography, the the flow of everything, the battle scenes, the the suspend, the constant suspense, living on the edge of a knife was um, was really really cool. It was really really cool. They did a great great job at uh, at just making making just a heck of a movie. And it is one of my favorites as well. You know, I still, obviously, like Empire is always up there. Um, you know, Return's up there. Uh, episode One's up there. This might be kind of in like a four spot. It's been a while since we did our rankings, but it's it's 100% up there, and, and I think it ages very well as we go along. It's a very cool story. You know, if you're not necessarily into all the lore and everything, it's a very accessible movie to get somebody new into as well because you don't necessarily have to know everything that's going on. You can just kind of ease yourself in. Um, let me see what we have rating-wise just in general. So IMDb has it at a 7.8. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is 84% for critics, 86% for audience, which is pretty cool. Mm. That's pretty cool to see. What are the, what are, what's the Rings of Power rated on here? <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> That's a mean thing. Um, but I, I, I think that, you know, overall the ratings are, are generally positive, sevens, eights, that sort of Metacritic at a 65. Who the hell cares about Metacritic? <laughs> Metacritic's at a 65. The user scored is a, a 7.6. That doesn't even make any sense. So one, one uh, we go out of 100, and the other one, they go out of 10. What kind of bull crap <laughs> is that? Uh, Metacritic. Okay. Um, is it a 10? No. I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think that, you know, there's maybe some some uh, pacing that could be somewhat better here and there, but it really, it really does show a lot of, a lot of really good stuff in here. Um, I, I'm, I'm probably going to be a little bit more conservative. I, I, eh, I'm going to be a little bit more conservative. 
I, I could easily see it in the nines, but I'm going to put it at an 8.8. And I think, and I okay. think I'd be pretty happy with that. Very, very, very good movie. Maybe not the top of the ladder, but certainly, certainly getting there. In a couple of years, who knows? We could maybe rate it a little higher. Not sure. Well, we, I think we need a little more time with it, like we've had with all these other movies. Obviously, um, that always can change our view of both this and Solo. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, we've watched it quite a few times compared to all the other movies. So. Right. Right. Yeah. All right, man. Well, there we go. So we have reviewed that. We have a lot to wait on. We, we have a lot coming up as well. A lot all at once. <laughs> a lot all at once. But yeah, w- when you hear us again, we will be uh, working on uh, on getting our reactions out for for Andor. And that's, uh, that's going to be a big, huge uh, event. And hopefully it's really good. And hopefully we don't hate ourselves after watching it. Yeah. What day does that drop? I don't remember. I'd have to look it back up again. So hopefully that doesn't mess up our schedule at all. But I mean, I'm sure see. I'm sure it'll be fine either or. But uh, we'll talk about that offline. But regardless, folks, hopefully you didn't enjoy the episode today. Uh, I think we're going to work at signing off here. So if you haven't followed us on the social media, just at TC Plan Podcast, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. You can also just send us an email to uh, tcplanpodcast@gmail.com. If you have anything you just want to talk about with us, we'll be more than happy to uh, discuss that on the show. But uh, I think that's it for this week, so you'll have a good rest of your week. And as always, may the Force be with you. <laughs>